Good morning. It's awesome having all the teens here. Beautiful day, huh? So I'm going to invite you to, uh, I'm going to sound our gong here. And invite you to drop into 30 seconds of silence. And I'm going to uh, share a chant with you. And, um, and then we will uh, offer a prayer. So I just want to invite you to, to think about and, and ground yourself in this moment. And know that when we are connected at the heart level, the heart's where it's at. Did you see that vows that that priest read at the, the royal wedding yesterday about love? Yeah, even that culture is shifting. It's only taken three or 4,000 years, but it's shifting. And uh, they're talking about love. So it's true. It's true for all of us. So thank you for being here. Thank you for being you. There's uh, a beautiful, beautiful resonance uh, within our community that continues to expand and grow as we continue to just purify our own uh, entrenched way of being. Right, so uh, let's sound the gong, let's circulate gratitude in our hearts, and let's see what kind of, of uh, results we have with that. So here we go. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear. For spirit, one spirit is in this very room, in this very room, in this very room. So, know with me. And allow my words to be your words. And if they're not a good fit, just let them wash over you. But there is a, there's a vibration, there's a coherent field of life, of intelligence, of wisdom, and it's a mystery as well. And so what I invite you to do is just put down your busy mind for a moment. Ground yourself in your heart. Notice your breath. Something that takes your mind off fixing or figuring or need, the need to know. And in that spaciousness, there is a field. As Rumi said, out beyond right doing and wrong doing, there is a field. I'll meet you there. So let's meet there. Let's meet in the field of love. And understand that we are not diminished by moving into the field of love, that we do not become more vulnerable, because I'm talking about a fierce, grounded, clear, and beautiful love. 
a love connected with the truth of our being that we are invincible and eternal in every good way. So I release these words in gratitude and appreciation, inviting you to know this truth with me, knowing that each one of us benefits by being here today, that we are a gift to one another. And so standing in that divine yes, trusting and knowing the truth of our being, and that the right and perfect awareness and knowing for our next good step is made clear and obvious. For this I give thanks, invite you to say with me, and so it is. All right. So today, we're starting and we're launching a whole new program today. And today is um, wrapped around the idea of infinite possibilities. To stand in infinite possibility individually and collectively. So I'm going to model once again the Q process for you because that's a big part of what we're doing. We're going to offer a a Q process workshop in two weeks. Uh, We have a group of new facilitators that have gone through the training and we we already have about seven or eight people signed up for the event. And uh, the sign-up's in the back over there to my left. But anyway, the Q process is identifying the qualities that sometimes when we go off the rails, we slide into. And also, then we turn around. So that's the shadow side of our card. The shadow part is the unintegrated part of ourselves. And then the the Q process of who we've come here to be. And so please have compassion for me when I show up feeling alone, feeling flawed, when I am fearful, when I am living in lack, when I'm self-centered, when I'm feeling stupid. Because this is who I've come here to be. Invincible, brilliant, love, loving, creative, whole or wholeness, to be generous, and to live in freedom. So, do I have your agreement on that? Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. We get to decide as human beings in this experience who we've come here to be. Isn't that great news? Isn't that great news? I mean, the polarities of just yesterday in the last 48 hours. I'm watching the, the, the uh, royal wedding. I know the cake they're having with the elderberry flower. I'm like, where do you get that stuff, right? More information than I need, okay? But so much fun because it's just this big celebration. And we all, so what happens is the, the enthusiasm, people identify with that moment. They connect with that moment. And it's a beautiful thing. There's nothing wrong with connecting with that moment. It's just fun. It's two kids getting married and they happen to have a great big extended family. And there's a whole lineage there of, of tradition, which people honor. The only reason that the tradition is valuable is because we make it valuable. I mean, that's, you know, the only reason money has any value is we agree. It's just a piece of paper. So, anyway, the point being is our perception creates our experience and our world and the things we value. And then I go on to the, a little further down in the internet, and here's another school shooting in Texas. Some young boy that's up, upset about something, and I don't know, I don't have enough information, but another 10 people are killed going to school. So what is it? Is it the great celebration and the, and the wedding, or is it this anger and frustration and cynicism and the hopelessness? So we all have this choice, and how can we be part of the solution? Because it's heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking. And, and so many people, when these things happen, your life is never the same. So I look at it and I just think, for me, when I look at that condition, I look at that um, unfolding and it cracks you open, how do I keep from spinning into the despair because it seems to be a pattern that we repeat over and over and over again? 
I was listening to Robert Redford do an interview. He was on one of the YouTube channels, and, and um, he turned me on to a movie that we saw on Netflix last night. I shared with Laura. I had watched it, and I said, you've got to see this movie. It's so sweet, called Our, Our Souls in the Night. And he uh, filmed it with uh, Jane Fonda, and it's just beautiful little slice of life about two people that are in the twilight of their life and coming together and having this beautiful relationship. But Redford, they asked him in the interview, what do you think of the current political situation? Because he's very, you know, he's very involved with the ecology and, and the things that he stands for. And he said, I don't, I don't want to speak about that because I, I don't have enough information to speak about that. But he said, what I will tell you is that what we have right now is this is what we get when we don't pay attention. And I think for us, as, as individuals on this planet, we have to keep paying attention. We can't fall asleep. And we can't give up. And so what I love about our teaching and our tradition is it always asks me to continue to pay attention. And when I look out in the world and my heart's broken and my heart's celebrating, it's like two ends of the spectrum. But I'm just committed to, I've got a picture here of my two granddaughters on my cup. This is my medicine here. This keeps me paying attention. And I bring it with me because sometimes things happen here and I don't want to go to the despair. So I look at my girls and go, oh, that's right. There's my medicine. That keeps me grounded. I want, uh, I want to hand the world off to them. I want to hand the world off to them that they have new problems to solve because we'll always have problems to solve. That's the way it is. We're always going to have lack and, and hysteria and things going on in the world. But you know what? We're here to, we're here to meet that. As Brene Brown says, you are tripwired to the kids. So let me tell you, you are so tripwired for success. You will have your heartbreak and disappointment and you have everything you need to get through it. Never doubt that. And sometimes we don't know. But when we know that the right people or the information or whatever it is that we need to know is going to come into our lives and we move with that and that knowing, it shows up. But if we just give up and say it's over, it's no good, there isn't enough, that's what we get to. That's the beautiful thing about this. So anyway, what I want to do is to share with you over the next several weeks this beautiful, wonderful, simple practice called The Power of Eight by Lynn McTaggart. And I want to talk to you about this idea of a miracle first. What is a miracle? A miracle is an event or an action that apparently contradicts scientific law. Anybody experience, ever experience a miracle? Yeah. Things that we just cannot explain. An event or an action that apparently contradicts known scientific laws. So it's just like, well, how did this happen? How did this happen? This seems to defy the logic. So once again, this book, The Power of Eight, is just remarkable. This Lynn McTaggart is an exceptional woman. She's a researcher and an investigative reporter. And so she wrote a book a number of years ago called The Field. And I remember looking at that and reading it for so many years ago, I'd have to reread it again. My, uh, my beautiful partner, Laura, has read it recently. And then she wrote The Intention Experiment. So after all of her research for the field, she became very intrigued by what she had discovered, and she wanted to do her own scientific study on what happens when a lot of people are thinking the same thought at the same time. And so her latest work is a result of more re research than, she has, than that she has spearheaded, and it's called The Power of Eight, harnessing the miraculous energies of the small group to heal others, to heal your life, and the world. And this book documents the transformative and miraculous changes that have taken place through the power of group intention and offers very compelling evidence of the power of the mind. It's a wonderful, wonderful book. And I think we have a few left in the bookstore. We had nine at the first service, so they may be already gone, but, but we'll, we can get you more if you don't already have a copy. Wonderful stuff. So what she did, she enlisted the participation of several, several 
highly respected scientists throughout the world. So because she had a, she's done so much work with the writing and she's connected, so she's got this whole world laboratory now of different scientists. And she wanted to follow a rigorous adherence to scientific principles and protocol through her investigation. Her experiments have had repeated measurable results. In the scientific world, it's not enough to do something just once. It needs to be replicated many, many times before the results are considered significant. So Lynn describes herself as a stunned witness to story after story after story of extraordinary healing. Extraordinary healing. And the book's full of, of testimonials and, and case studies. So when it comes to group integration, she came up with a few ideas. So this power of eight are groups of eight. What happened was her and her husband were, were getting ready to do a workshop, and she was at a loss of what to do. She wanted to do something meaningful and impactful and to connect people. So they decided that they would put people in groups of eight. And in those groups of eight, what they would do is someone would say, who would like support for something? And many of the, the situations in those, that group of eight would be a physical challenge. And so what she did as well is put together people that didn't know one another, strangers. And so she said, go home tonight, um, and uh, um, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself here. So she started out with her scientific buddies. I'll get to the groups of eight in a moment. She started out with her scientific buddies, and as Gary Schwartz is a renowned uh, teacher and researcher. And she said, I want to I solve the ozone problem, and I want to create world peace. And he said, well, Lynn, we've got to start small. We've got to start small. So what they started to do is they started to work with a leaf. They started to working with plants. She said, we're going to go from plant to mineral. But the questions that she had in this research that she was, uh, wanted to, to think about, and probably have to go back a slide, is that what is the best wording in your intention? So somebody would like help with something. They, word, they speak their intention into the group. Is it specific or is it general? Number two, do you need an, all intenders in the same room or they can meet online? We all have to be around one another. Uh, geographically. Does distance matter? Once again, same question. And what is the optimal interval to hold the thought? So how long do you do this for? Simple questions, but those are some of the things that they wanted to answer. So they started to work with leaves, and they started to work with seeds. And so they would take a con con control group of seeds, and it was a blind study. So the people that were actually with the, had the seeds had no idea what group of seeds were being prayed for. And so then they would take the seeds, all the seeds, and they'd plant them, and they'd watch the results, and they'd see how, how much the various groups of seeds flourished. And in study after study after study, the, the seeds that were, had the clearest intention around them flourished. They grew more vibrant. They grew more full. So she moved from that with the plants. They went to the minerals, and they started working with water. And we all know the Dr. Emoto's work, the, the, uh, uh, the message in water, but they found the same results. There were 30 studies they did, and 26 of them, there were, there were uh, marked improvements in the quality of the water and whatever the intentions had been. So then they moved to people. So now we're caught up to this group of eight. So she's doing these workshops. 100 people in the room got strangers together in groups of eight. And what they found was, and she said to them, so before leaving for the day, she, Lynn asked the, the attendees in the room to come back the next morning, prepared to describe, first of all, what their experience was during the intention process of being the attendee. So you have an arthritis problem, for an example, and you say, I will be the attendee in this group, and I'd like your support for healing around my arthritis. Simple example. And she said she also wanted them to share their, their mental, emotional, and physical state as it was right then. 
So to understand where we are in this, if someone is particularly agitated or, or frustrated, that will have an effect with the results either because there's a disruption in the field. That's why we meditate. That's why we do the Q process so that we can take some of those triggers, take some of those triggers and not give so much energy to it. I have developed a phenomenal spiritual skill. I attract, well, I'm going to say this and then I'm going to, I'm going to dissolve it, okay? But I attract rubbish, okay? I got up this morning and I went out to get in my car and I opened the garage door and someone had deposited a bunch of rubbish outside my garage door. Somebody in my neighborhood has some brand new, I think they're pots, because they're, they're, it's all styrofoam and it looks like the indentations of a bunch of pots. And they decided to dump that next to my trash can. So it looks like I got a bunch of new pots in there. But I had this phenomenal ability. Many times behind our, our, our center here, at our trash bin, people will take, when they move out for the month, they, they leave their stuff there. So I realized this is one of my spiritual gifts. I attract people's trash. And so when I got up this morning, I looked at them and I said, now are you going to let this trigger you? Because what's the gift here? What's the blessing? I said, well, I get to talk about this today. And, I'll, and so I can just go ahead and, and clean it up, which takes, you know, it'll take me three minutes or five minutes. I've got to haul it away. Or I can let it trigger me and get frustrated. I can hire a private detective. We can take fingerprints. We can find out who's doing this stuff. You know what I mean? I can make a whole movie. I'll make a miniseries out of it. But what, what happens is we live in a world where people make choices on these ideas. There's not enough. It's called lack consciousness. And so there's not enough time for me to take this and put it somewhere. There's not enough resources. I don't have the money. I don't have the gas. Whatever it may be. It's just lack consciousness. And so I can look at it and realize, okay. So the great thing about having this, attracting, uh, this law of attraction down so well, I'm also attracting all kinds of good stuff too. So it works both ways. But I'm not going to let it trigger me. Because why do I want to get triggered by that? By some stranger throwing this trash outside my garage door? I don't, I don't enjoy it, but I'm not going to let it ruin my day. My day's too precious to, for me. So I use that as a simple little uh, example, but this is, is in alignment. I got my cue card out. Is this who I've come here to be? Let's see, what is, how does this line up? With, oh, I could be fearful about this. This is somebody punishing me. I could go right into victimhood. I can go right into victimhood, and that's what most of the world does. When we have a shooting, a school shooting in Texas, it doesn't mean we support it or love it or agree with any of it. But to be victimized by it is where we go off the rails. To realize that we've come here to be brilliant and to be loving and kind and wise. And to be able to look at people that are, are not operating at those levels and have compassion for them. It's called for compassion. So anyway, so getting back to this. What's the best wording? Be specific. Do you need all the intenders in the same room? Does distance matter? What's the optimal interview to hold the thought? So groups of eight is what she found. And then the, the results would come back, and it was amazing, just amazing. So she worked with the plants. Then she worked with the water. Then she went with the groups of eight. And she said, when you come back, she said, don't, don't uh, try and make this sound better than it is. If you didn't have results, let us know. She said, don't be worried about making the people in your group feel bad if nothing has happened. It's just an experiment, something we are trying. Let's go, let's get rid of the performance anxiety. So at our earlier service, Del Dilke came. I don't know if you know Del or not. She's 85 years young. 
And Dell in her little, she had a little Fiat car. You may have seen it out here, and it had little eyebrows on the, the, the you know, those little eyebrows that go on the, the headlights. And so it, eyelashes, thank you, whatever I said. Eyelash, you girls know. Let's get the mascara out. All right. Anyway, so Dell, about, I don't know, three or four weeks ago, her and her car had an experience with a light pole. And she broke her ankle. And she called me and said, I think I'm going to have to have surgery. And I said, Del, you're, in my, you're on my prayer list. I'm holding the intention for the highest and best results. Well, she was in here this morning in a wheelchair. Didn't have to have surgery. She's healing up beautifully. The body knows how to heal. The body knows how to heal. But she reached out immediately and said, can you pr- do prayer work for me? Here's Sandy Roberts sitting right there. Lovely, beautiful Sandy. Sandy's been here longer than I have. And she's been such a, an anchor for me. She's been so consistent. This is a woman of just incredible love, Ms. Sandy. And I don't want mean to embarrass you, but I'm gonna I'm gonna gossip nice about you right now. But in just incredible love and the work that she's done throughout her career with children and and she was part of our board of trustees for a while and she was just a real key person in some of the things that were going on here within our community to kept to, to help keep me on my cue card as well. But when she reached out, she had a little uh, experience with her heart a few weeks ago. And she reached out immediately, said, please put me on the prayer list. And we did that. And it's not because we're just hoping. It's because Sandy understands energetically we're all connected. We're all connected. And, and what excites me is that when we're doing this as a community, we have an opportunity now in a world that is so full of chaos and this, the hysteria because we know about it immediately. And, it's, and all the things that are going on, you know, as Robert Redford said, you know, what we have right now politically, we stopped paying attention. So it's an opportunity to pay attention. It's an opportunity we're going to get through this because that doesn't dictate who we are. That doesn't determine who we are, whatever's going on, whether we agree with it or don't agree with it. And the other thing that I think has to happen for us is we have to have, start having compassion for the people that we look at, at as being so um, far, far out there from where we are. If we don't come together in love and the compassion... So people dumping trash in my alley... If I can't love them, I'm not going to have any, any luck supporting people that are opposing me politically. How can we work together? How can we bridge this gap of separation? Because it's just separation and love and still disagree and say to people, I, that doesn't represent me, but not spin into the anger and the hysteria and the hatred, but be part of the answer, be part of the solution. It's hard. It's, it's hard. I have a hard time with the people dumping trash let alone people I don't agree with politically. But that's my opportunity to put on my big boy pants and show up as who I came here to be. And that's hard because it's so easy to get triggered. So what we found, what she found, Lynn found, is it turns out that specific is the most effective. Specific is the most effective. So someone in the group reads their intention. I am here to ask for help and support with the healing of my body because I have this going on. I have a heart problem. I have a broken ankle. I have a a challenge with my back. Whatever it may be, be specific because the infinite needs us to be specific. We don't have to be physically together. Dr. Ernest Holmes knew this and, and Phineas Quimby knew it. We can do prayer work from one another wherever we are. 
Because this is a non-local experience. Deepak Chopra talks about it all the time. It's non-local. It's non-local. We have the crystal bed. Here's Catherine. Catherine came up to me today and said, let people know this beautiful crystal bed. You, you lay on that crystal bed and, and the, the energy centers of the body get aligned and energy's moving through. And when we're, when we're in communication with our energy centers, our crown chakra, all the way down to our perineum, where our reproductive organs are, and the, other, the chakras in between, when, there's, it's, when the, the energy's moving, healing, balance and harmony is more available. So Catherine came up to me and said, would you let people know that today that the crystal bed is open? So if you have never had a crystal bed, I don't think anybody's on the schedule right now, but here's this beautiful angel of God's presence that said, I'm here to serve. And so if anybody's interested in a crystal bed today, it's, it's available. We are a center that teaches and trains and believes in the possibility of healing. I was listening to an interview the other day and the guy was on the thing and he said, ministers tend, and I, he was, I think a psychiatrist, psychologist, he's on one of the radio stations. It was an AM station, believe this, an AM radio station in Edmonton that was not talking about hockey. It was incredible. <laughs> I just thought, this is remarkable. We need a right-hand defenseman. Do we still need that? Last week you guys talked about that for 12 hours. Holy cow. They need to get into a small group and manifest the right-handed defenseman. That's all I got to say to him. I wish him well. And a miracle. That's right. And a miracle. Thank you, Linda. But so to hold it lightly, it's just a game. Some would disagree, but it's just a game at the end of the day. But how, do we, how, do we, how are we having life? And so this idea of, of um, prayer support and connection, we're all connected. Your good is my good. There's no private good here. There's no other. That's the language of separation. Energetically, we're all connected. Your good is my good. I'm here, I'm here preaching to the choir because I, I want the best for you. I got my little, my little granddaughters on my cup here. That's my medicine. I want, as I said, I want to hand off to them so they can have new problems. They're going to have problems. They're going to have their hearts broken. They're going to be betrayed. They're going to be, they're going to be lied to. They're going to be cheated. Somebody's going to dump their trash in their, in their alley. But I want them to be grounded enough in the truth of their being so that it doesn't define their lives. It's just an experience. It's just an experience that we're big enough, connected enough, connected enough to love. That's what we're here to call to be. I mean, wasn't that what Jesus modeled? I just amaze. I'm amazed at it. That, that you know. It, it, and it, see, when we take our fear, when we take our shadow card, and we impose our, our shadow card on our spirituality, all of a sudden it starts looking really self-serving. Have you ever noticed that? Unconditional love. Yeah, unconditional love. So specific is most effective. Didn't have to be physically together. It worked either way. And the time that people did this together, recommended time that seemed to be the most beneficial, 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Laura and I have been working with a group, of a Power of Eight group. This came to us because someone said, hey, I've got a, I've got a loved one that's doing cancer. Would you help us do a, the Power of Eight? We said, sure. So we get together on a regular basis. I pray in because I'm a, I'm a trained professional prayer. <laughs> and we hold the silence for 10 minutes. We drop into the heart and we connect. And what Lynn McTaggart has talked about, which I think is so beautiful, when we connect, 
at that level energetically? And you know when you're connected, as I'm talking about it, I'm getting the God bumps just talking about this. We connect with God. We connect with God. Because you are the face of God. You are the presence of God. When we connect with one another, we connect with God. And there's an amplifying, a multiplying effect with it. And this is why spiritual community is so rich and wonderful for people. Some do it, you know, some do it speaking languages and some do it with, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff we can do. There's that one group in the United States, I don't think we have them in Canada, that, that brings out the snakes and they, they, they do a process and then they, 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 they're so prayed up in faith that when the rattlesnake strikes them that they, they don't usually kick the bucket, I guess, whatever it is. That's a little of an intense worship uh, style for me. <laughs> but to each their own. But the point being is, is that we connect with one another. And so what's happened is, is that you know, with, with Lynn's work is that these amazing, amazing results have happened. She said, so we start to orient, orienting our choices and actions towards where we're going, which is who you've come here to be. You know, we're selling raffle tickets. God bless you guys. Let's get all these teens to camp. And let's just know that they have everything they require to get them there. It's a beautiful thing. It's a life-changing experience. It's a beautiful thing. And so there we, you know, Steve Sandy, Mr. Raffle, he's actually out fishing this weekend. Steve, take a break. Yeah, isn't that great that Steve is, let's just send Steve love and know that he's catching a big one wherever he is. And he has a fishing license as well. All the stuff he needs. But, you know, his, his commitment and devotion, and so his, gift, his, his gifts and talents are, are to do that. And he's just been a beautiful, beautiful light for this community. So, you know, he's, he's a result of prayer. Lynn says that, are you ready to walk the path? And it's called the evolutionary activism. Are you ready to be an evolutionary activist? Because we can sit on our hands and say we can't do it. An evolutionary activist. This is what we're called to be on the planet. Who did you come here to be? A victim? To live in not enough? To lie, cheat, and steal and hope nobody catches you? Or to be an evolutionary activist, which is giving birth to something that has never been revealed before? A new idea, a new possibility. What if we, were, what if we could come into enough coherence as a, as a community that we were just a magnet for great good? There's so many people's lives. Walking in the door, you, you feel this, this, this resonance. That's transformative. We had a lady sit right in that between Sue and Linda today, and she just sat there and cried and cried and cried through the whole service. And it's not the first time. But it's just so beautiful to watch people's hearts crack open and they're just to realize this for someone to say, you, really, you, you forget how beautiful you are. What a beautiful presence you are. We know that you've made mistakes. That was a beautiful thing about this movie with Robert Redford and Jane Fonda. And, and, and throughout it was, a, it was a story of telling their sad stories to one another. And for them to hold the space and say, you know, part of this journey is forgiveness. We all make mistakes. We've all done things we wish we could do, get a do-over. But not live in that mistake. We are so good. As I said last week, we are so good at dwelling upon the things that don't work. I mean, life is supposed to be a joy. When we embody the joy and live in the joy, there's no whole lot of room for the mistakes. So, oh, yeah, yeah, it's just like I said with the, with the uh, trash this morning. Yeah, it's trash. I'll clean it up. I'll probably go home. I bet you one of you guys runs by my house, picks up the trash on your way home. 
Hadn't thought of that, but there's an opportunity, isn't it? You want to work off some karma? There you go. The beautiful thing about it, too, that Lynn talks about in the research is that when people do this, they, they've, they've measured the, the brain patterns. And so when you come together in the silence, it's pure silence, in the, dropping into the heart of unconditional love, the brain pattern matches um, meditators that have meditated for years and years and years. Isn't that fascinating? It's just in silence. I, I can see this happen. I see, and we're going to be rolling this out here. Uh, very shortly. So what we're doing, let me find my next page here. What we're going to be doing with this, could I get the next slide from you? Beautiful quote by Albert Einstein. There are only two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle and the other is though everything is a miracle. So true. Oh, here they are. Found them. So we have our spirit groups. We're inviting people to get involved with spirit groups. We have Liz Lazar is our spirit group trainer, and she's just been phenomenal. We have, uh, I don't know, if, uh, six or seven spirit groups going again. It's a wonderful, wonderful um, uh, ministry. And part of it is is that we are, we are focusing outside the community to do service. It's a beautiful thing, and that's that connection, and that's that resonance with one another with perfect strangers. Beautiful quote from Arundhati Roy. Another world is not only possible, she is on her way. On a quiet day, I can hear her breathing. We're giving birth to this. We're giving birth to something new, something possible, something fresh. And so what we're going to be doing on the, uh, with our spirit groups is it says... And I ask you, do you believe in miracles? Do you think a miracle is possible for you? Yeah. If we don't agree with it, someone said that we're either on this radio talk show, I don't even think I finished that, I started talking about hockey, Um, (laughs) that that ministers and, and preachers and spiritual communities tend to see the good in everything. And I would say that's true. And they said that. I said, yeah, that's right. That's the job. Now, lawyers tend to see the bad in everybody. Lawyers and policemen. I've had a buddy, I had a, I had a friend in L.A. One, years ago, and he had a brother that was a fireman and a brother that was a cop. Two different guys, I'm telling you. They were totally different. One saw the world, everybody was a suspect, and the other was there to help serve. Same idea. Do you believe in miracles? Are you ready to bring them in through expression, through evolutionary activism? And so what we're going to be doing, what, the reason I'm talking about spirit groups, is we're going to in, invite you to participate. We're going to be offering, Laura and I are going to be offering a workshop on June 30th for two hours. There's a sign-up sheet in the back. There's a small, small fee involved, and we're going to get people acquainted with this whole process of Power of Eight. And it's also a perfect fit for spirit, the spirit groups. And what it is, it can become part of what you do in spirit groups or not. And you don't have to be in a spirit group to do a Power of Eight, because they're two different things. Spirit groups are very specific. There's specific learning in it. There's timelines. There's curriculum. It's a beautiful, beautiful program. But the Power of Eight... You can do anywhere at any time. And as I've said, Laura and I have been working with a, a group for several months now around this situation with the, someone doing cancer. And it's been remarkable to see the results. And so we pray in 10 minutes of holding unconditional love, knowing the right things are happening, a spaciousness connecting together. And then we just give thanks and 
We say goodbye. And so there's just, it's a simple process of, of, of uh, ramping yourself up and getting yourself prepared for it. But it's a beautiful, powerful experience. And if you read this book, I mean, it's just phenomenal. So why wouldn't we put 10 minutes once or twice a week or once or twice a month, whatever you decide for your group, into, into a spiritual practice that may, in fact, be very, very transformational? And it takes us out of our intellect. It takes us out of our figuring and planning and measuring. As Dr. Gary Simmons says, it takes us out of controlling and predicting. What if, part of the, what if the, the reason that greater good doesn't come into our lives is because we're too busy managing it and controlling it and predicting it? What if we truly connect it and, then let, and know there's a divine intelligence within me that is, is guiding me, directing me, supporting me, and loving and supporting someone else? And that's enough. And, and not getting in the way. But we are so clever. We are so smart. And, and clever and smart is good. It's not right or wrong. There's no right or wrong with that. It's just that it's not the tool that gets you there. It's not the consciousness that will get you there. It's called faith. It's called trust. It's getting up and realizing, hey, I want to be on my cue card today. Okay, I can be angry, upset, small, frustrated. The world's going to hell in a handbasket because there's another mass shooting. So now I'm going to live alone, fearful, flawed, lax, self-centered, and stupid. And guess what I'll attract into my life as well? I will attract people into my life that will reinforce the idea that I am alone, that I should be fearful, that there isn't enough, that there's something wrong with me, that I'm not smart enough, and that I'm selfish. If I stay on that cue card, or I go to my, or a shadow card, and I go to my cue card, my qualities, to be invincible, to be loving, to be whole, to be brilliant, to creative, generous, and free. And there's ongoing, see, so it's not as if that's a, a destination I've arrived at, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going, so this informs my choices. So when I get out of here, what am I going to do to help reinforce those choices? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have some meaningful reflection. I'm going to slow down. I love Sunday afternoons. I got all this done. I get to go home. Whew. I, I say to myself every Sunday afternoon, that's it. I'm all done with this. This is fantastic. I'm going to get online on Monday and find a new job because I've shared everything I got. I'm all done. It's my last talk. And about Thursday, what am I talking about on Sunday? And then the download starts. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, this idea and that idea. And so Sunday comes around again. I'm like, wow. So now I just accept it. Oh, this is my process. This is not define me. It's just my process. It's a beautiful thing. Lynn says, suffice to say that the stories we may be telling ourselves about how our minds work, about how we can't make a difference in the world, that our actions don't matter, that nothing will change the world, those stories are manifestly wrong. We are not our stories. We are the field of possibility, interconnected, one presence, one power, one life, each of us an expression of that one, and our thoughts have great capacity to make change. That's the truth. That's the truth. But a lot of people in the world won't tell you that. And those limiting beliefs that tell us that a better, more beautiful world is not possible are meeting up with the heart that tells us it is. When you hear about the amazing, miraculous powers within us, do you feel hopeful? Do you feel energized? We want to morph the hope and energy into authentic, optimistic action. Our hearts and our minds no longer need to be at odds. One presence, one power is a story of interbeing in, this, in that realm. There is a reunion of heart and mind, spirit and matter, right brain, left brain, 
work and play, all of it, we begin to live it and leave behind the illusion that we're separate. A language of separation. So what do you think about miracles? Where are you on the continuum between skepticism and belief? Between ministry and being a lawyer? I have a brother who's a lawyer, I'm telling you. I, I, I love him, but we don't talk that much anymore. Because when I get off the phone with him, I've got to do all this forgiveness work. So I just better leave him alone. Because it's none of my business. Because our heart might be telling us it's possible, but the mind gets in there and says, how naive are you to believe in miracles? One thing to remember is that the mind that questions the validity of a miracle is in fact an example of that skepticism. Our bodies are virtual gold mines of miracles. Miracles abound around us. Just the fact that we're here right now is one of them. To be alive. This here, right now. So, we're going to... We're going to invite you to explore this power of eight. I'm going to speak about it for several weeks now until we get to our workshop because it's so important. We've got our spirit groups going and we're going to see how we can marry that. We found this book and then I contacted Gary Simmons because we were doing the spirit groups. We said, well, we don't want to distract. He said, oh, no, no, we're rolling the power of eight into the spirit groups as well. What if we got together and started to shift and change and transform consciousness so that we, we held our lives and the world in more than enough? The right information shows up, the right people, the right possibilities. More than enough. To live for more than enough that no one and nothing is against us, despite what they would like to say and do. Are you ready to bring into expression something new through evolutionary activism? That's the question to ask. So if your answer is yes, you probably want to be here next week to hear, hear more of this and to see how you can incorporate this beautiful practice into your life. And not only to, to be supported, but to support another person, which is so powerful. So thank you so much for being you. Keep up, keep showing up and just be in you. It's enough. The infinite knew that we needed that, that particular note to play in this beautiful universe. And it's a beautiful, powerful thing. So blessings and love and just keep being you. And so it is.